Let's get ready to podcast! What's up, everybody? My name is Zach, and welcome to episode two of the Loop Bros WrestleCast. Alongside me, I got my co-host as always, Mr. Joe Schmo. How are you doing tonight? What up, man? It's been a while. Um, sorry it took us a while to get back to doing this. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got shit to handle. Hotel sure. internet. <laughs> Blame it on the ho- 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 hotel. Hotel internet. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, my internet finally got fixed after almost two weeks. So that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, so we got a jam-packed episode. So we're going to do our brief best of the week, worst of the week. And um, we will get to it this week is we're going to do our Mount Rushmore of gaming. Or not gaming. I can't speak today. We're going to do our Mount Rushmores of wrestling. Um, see, I got gaming on my mind because um, I haven't done much of it. Uh, we're going to do some some pretty dope categories. So this week was interesting. Uh, looking forward to uh, Full Gear coming up in a week. I will be there. Yes. And then after that, we're going to discuss. I went to uh, Smack, the SmackDown. Um, two, technically, it was a SmackDown two weeks before Crown Jewel. Dude, you got to go to two SmackDowns. I did. I got to see all of the matches for the following week as well. Um, so that was really, really cool. That is pretty cool. Um, what else? Yeah, so we're just going to get into our best and our worst of the week. Um, my best of the week is the uh, the cryptic promos that keep coming through now that uh, Matt, Nick, and Kenny have been unsuspended. So we're getting the Delete the Elite. Little little hit little hidden gem there. I'm su- I'm I'm excited for those three guys to come back. They they are definitely part of the heart and soul of AEW. I mean, so. it's nice it's nice to see them. I love how I mean, best one of the, my best of the weeks is literally like goodbye to CM Punk. He was quietly yeah. released from the company. Thank God. And he's already shown up on uh, what was it like a like a UFC fight? I think it was or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't followed him since he left. He showed up on something. I don't remember what it, was, what it was. I saw it briefly on the internet, and I was like, okay. Glad the guy found work. Good riddance. Exactly. Thank God. He's not there to ruin AEW anymore. I'm tired of the locker room BS. Like, it's just, it's it's getting ridiculous. That's why I, I, I will applaud WWE. They're trophy. Bow, wow, wrong podcast. Dig it, dig it, dig it. Trophy. Nope, no more. Two in one shot. You get one. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm tired. That's WWE does a good job at, like, handling their locker room very well. So uh, I will say that. But, yeah, um, my worst of the week. um, I don't really have a worst of the week. This week actually wasn't that bad uh, uh, overall. Raw was good this week. SmackDown was good this week. uh, SmackDown, so. It's true. You were at this week's SmackDown. It's true. No, it was last week's. Well, 
Wasn't last week's and this week's the same? No, last week's was the one before Crown Jewel. Yeah, didn't you go to both Crown, of those? Jewel, Crown Jewel was last Saturday. Yeah, so you went. Uh, to... No, I went to the one before that. Yeah, that was so. Didn't you go to? Didn't they tape two shows in the same night? No, they didn't tape them. the The, the first one was live, and then yeah. the, the the following one was the matches that were taped for before Crown Jewel, which was a week ago. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, you're fired. You know what? You're fired this yeah, week. Yeah, my shit confused now, man. You're fired. Yeah, my shit confused. Yeah, oh, I did. I, honestly, I, I really did. I, I don't have a complaint this week at all. Uh, um, we, we, we've got solid matches all the way around. Raw, NXT, and SmackDown were all fantastic this week. Bro, that heel turn on NXT was insane. Zoe Starks, now a heel. Now a heel. Turned her back on uh, Nikita Lyons. I did not see that coming. If anything, I thought they were going to turn Nikita heel and try and push her in a different direction. But no. Well, I'm, like I said, I, 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 I believe in Triple H's WWE. Long, long, long live the king. The king of kings. But did you have a worse this week? Anything that uh, really stuck out to you that you just really didn't care for this week? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I Still seeing, like, Brian Cage on my TV is kind of the worst of the week. Brian Cage is terrible. Just not a good wrestler. He's not good in the mic. He's a as they as they stated on AEW, I think it was like three weeks ago. He is a charisma vacuum. It's like the perfect. I think that should be like his name when he comes out. It's the charisma vacuum, Brian Cage. I liked his run with Team Taz. Honestly, he he was. I actually looked forward to him being on screen. Like I and I didn't mind some of his impact work either. Some of his he's impact. A, I mean, he's a big guy and he can he can go at times. But I feel like he's just I don't know. In AEW, he's just been an extreme like charisma vacuum and he's boring as fuck. I just don't um, feel like they've utilized him well enough. And Impact, he like I said, he had some really good runs and some really good on the mic stuff. So I, I honestly I think they need to find him a sweet spot where it'll play well for him. I think the interesting thing with uh, WWE is just all the returns. There's just so many more returns. We've yep. had a bunch since the last time we were on. Uh, Emma's back, which yep. Emma's one of my favorites. Um, Mia Mia Yim is back. And she's with the OC, which I thought was crazy. Oh, yep. That was a solid one, too. Um, that's nice. I mean, it's, it's a different upgrade to the OC. It kind of gives them, you know, if they want to go have them battle in the future against um, Legato Del Fantasma, that, that'll be cool. I think even what they're doing with Legato over on SmackDown is pretty cool. Like, I thought that was that was a nice turn of events on SmackDown. So Yeah, that was, a, that, that was an interesting match. I got to see that one, too. I got to see them wrestle as well. They announced the World Cup. They took the money in the bank from Austin Theory. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. I saw, I, I saw it coming. Like I said, I, I think when we saw him on NXT, that was the telltale sign that we were, that he was going to get, get yoinked. So yeah, it was really weird the way the, the way they did it. I thought if anything, they should just have him have a match for it. Yeah, like but- and I think cross should have beat him for the money in the bank and taken the money bank for him or just beat him up and took it like old school style. Remember how like edge did it that one time where he like literally beat the dude's ass and took his briefcase. Yep. And then, and then cashed in. Yep. Like, I think it should have been like that. I think cross should have beat him up, took his briefcase and then cashed it in. And then it would have gave you like a reason to give like, um, to give Austin theory, like a title match. Cause you know, they want to, 
I mean, the kid, the kid can go. He really can. I do think he's the Fogo or the future goat. I do. I, I really think that kid can go. And I think he's got a lot of upside. I just think he's got that Vince McMahon stank on him right now. And like, nobody wants him because he's got That's that right. Vince McMahon stank on him. If he didn't have the Vince McMahon stank on him, I feel like he would be a much better, uh, a much better option. But I feel like they're not really going to push him because of all that stank that's on him. So I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out moving forward with our man Austin Theory because it's 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 really just interesting. It's it's I I think they really just wasted a good opportunity here. So I agree. Yep, Austin Theory is. Uh, I I do see him going places uh, for sure. I just feel like he's going to need a little bit of time. But now to the meat and potatoes, the thing that everyone has come to listen to this week. We're going to get into our Mount Rushmore's wrestling. So we have six categories for you this uh, this week, guys. So we're going to do our Mount Rushmore high flyers, our technical Mount Rushmore, our Giants Mount Rushmore, our championships, with not champions, championships, match types, and then our overall Mount Rushmore's, like overall best wrestlers, who would we put on our Mount Rushmore wrestling? So we're going to start off with our high flyers. Joe, would you like to give me your first person on your Mount Rushmore high flyers? I'm going to go big. I'm going to go with the overall number one, my overall number one of all time. Uh, I'm going Rob Van Dam. Mm, interesting pick. He's, uh, he's kind of like an honorable mention on mine. He didn't actually make it on mine because they're really there. My mine's pretty solid. You're going to agree with probably a couple of them. Um, and and these aren't even in any particular order on mine. They're I mean, he's definitely I, my number one overall. He's probably one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I love the man. I think he's amazing in the ring. I think he was way ahead of his time. And he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done for wrestling. Oh, I agree. I agree. I miss. I, I, I do miss seeing him in the ring. Um, but uh, my first one on my list on on my Mount Rushmore high flyers, Jeff Hardy. Okay, solid pick. I like he's it. Not, he's he's probably he is probably my favorite. He was the first one that came to mind as soon as I thought about it. Um, he's done some crazy stuff, and I mean crazy like like stupid. <clears throat> Yeah, but he's like I like he's taken some big bumps just flying. Like one of the most memorable ones that I remember is when he and Randy Orton were feuding, and he and he went up the scaffolding and and went like sixty five foot off the scaffolding and did a swanton into Randy Orton. Yeah, that's not. It wasn't. It, it wasn't a good idea. It was it was stupid? But it was. It was like a holy shit moment. But like he's he's done so he he always excels whenever he does anything in the ring and yeah that that's his his upside and his downside I guess is a good way to put it. No, I I mean I think that's a definitely a great choice. I mean, I, I I can go a little bit more for like I like Rob Van Dam jumped into crowds, man. Like he's crazy. The things he could do were crazy. Jeff Hardy also crazy. Like yeah, they were definitely revolutionary in what they did. They took high flying to the next level. I would say they were definitely extreme. They definitely took it to the next level and made sure that people were entertained with what they were doing, not just, and they were innovators. And that's, that's why they're on. I mean, Jeff Hardy, 
definitely not not a huge Jeff Hardy fan per se, but I, I the, the man deserves a spot on the Mount Rushmore for high flyers one hundred percent. All right, who you got? In, who you got in the number two spot for you? Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't want to repeat, so I don't want to say Jeff Hardy just to just to. No, you can say Jeff Hardy. We can agree on some of them because I don't think you're going to have any of my other three. I mean, I, Jeff Hardy is amazing. I I would say Eddie Guerrero. I think Eddie Guerrero is a great high flyer. I think that frog splash puts him up there, right there. That 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 frog splash. Him. What happened? I can I considered him, but there's still there there were three people that just edged edged him out. Yeah, I, I would say Eddie Guerrero is definitely either either. You know what? Now that you mention it, maybe he's just an honorable mention. All he really has is a frog splash. You're right. You are right there. So you kind of talked me off the ledge there. I would say my number number two, if I had to pick a number two, is Mr. Uh, Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. Okay. Shawn Michaels yeah. is definitely a great high flyer. Uh, even with the Rockers, that's really what put the Rockers on the map, which how high flying they were and how, you know, how they risked it for the biscuit back in the day when no one was doing that kind of stuff. And they kind of, they were kind of like the forefathers of high fly wrestling. So, okay. Is Shawn Michaels on your list? He's not. Oh, like I said, you're going to really, you're, you're going to get a kick out of my other three because they're more, they're more my generation you wrestling. Put, I guess. Some impact guys on there. Uh, I, I put one kind of sort of, um, uh, but my second one, my, the second one that came to mind was uh, Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel. Okay. He, Evan Bourne made a big impact when he first touched WWE. That, that, that 540 shooting star press was, uh, oh my gosh. And he got some height on it every time when he was, when he was still Evan Bourne, not Matt Seidel. He, and he was a little bit skinnier and more lean. Like he could, that, that, that's all he did was fly. And he, and he was really good at it. Always hit, always hit on the mark and never saw any hiccups in what he did. Like he was just one of the most memorable for me. Like seeing him do that, that five forty shooting star for the first time was insane. No, I, I definitely agree. Watch, watching Randy Orton hit him with a, <laughs> hit him with the RK. A lot of that move was insane. Yeah. There's one of the there's coolest wrestling moments, moments I've ever seen. And I can never remember. All right, who you got in the three spot? In my three spot, uh, it's 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 tough. High flyer is a very tough category. I feel like there's not a lot of guys who do it well. Um, if I if I had to pick someone for number three, uh, again, I would I would go Ray Mysterio. Okay, yep. Ray Mysterio is one of the best high flying wrestlers, you know, of our time. I mean, the dude is the dude. Again, one of the forefathers with Lucha Libre wrestling and bringing it to the States and really showing that kind of high-flying style over here in the States and making it popular in WCW, but then also, you know, hitting the scenes when uh, when he came over to WWE in the, two, in the 2000s. So, um, Ray yep. Mysterio is definitely my my, uh, my third spot. So, he, he was on my list as well. Um, he, he Like I said, he was, in, he, he was not in any orders, so he was in my fourth spot. But uh, so so we'll just get in. Uh, we'll, I'll just go ahead and get into my fourth spot. My fourth spot is AJ Styles. Okay, all right, I could see that. I mean, phenomenal, full, phenomenal forearm. The man was the man in the X division. Yep, and, and I, he's done he's done some crazy stuff too. Um, and and he's and he's still doing crazy stuff. Like he still excels at it when whenever he does it. Uh, well, I agree. I mean, to even at his age, keep doing the phenomenal forearm, which is yep. which takes a lot to do. 
Yep. So yeah. I give him props for that because that's not that's not an easy move to pull off in your forties. It can't be. No. No. <laughs> Getting anywhere off the top rope uh, in any later at forty. 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't see Gallows and Anderson doing anything off the top rope right now. So. No. No, but uh, yeah. So the I mean Jeff Hardy. So for uh for me Jeff Hardy, Evan Bourne, AJ Styles, and Rey Mysterio. Those are my four high flyers. Man, yeah, I think that's a good list, man. I think What's you did a good. What you? Who's your fourth? We gotta hear it. Oh, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, oh, number four. I mean, I guess Macho Man. Why not put the why not put the macho in there, right? I mean, he wasn't doing much from the top rope, but that elbow drop—that's got to get you on the Mount Rushmore, right? I don't know about high flying Mount Rushmore. I don't know, man. That elbow drop—I don't know. I'm not—I don't know. The, the the high flyer Mount Rushmore is a hard one for me. Everything else not so hard. I feel like this category was definitely the hardest to uh, to tease out. Well, I'm going to move into probably one of your favorites, um, our technical Mount Rushmores. Okay, okay. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll lead us off on this one. Um, like I said, not in any order. Kurt Angle. Yeah, he's my, he's he's he was my first. He's yep. my he's my a one day one. Uh, Kurt Angle is one of the best technical wrestlers ever to lace up a pair of boots, and it really just goes back to his you know his amateur wrestling background that he had before he even came to WWE. I think that's it's a big reason why he was. Yeah. Such a good technical wrestler is that he was just he would just personify professional or you know technical wrestling because he was a mat wrestler. He was a collegiate and you know Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. <laughs> the dude was fucking phenomenal at mat wrestling. So he just took what he knew he knew as far as you know Roman Greco wrestling and he just became one of the best, you know, pure professional wrestlers ever to lace up a pair of boots. And it's kind of crazy how him and Brock Lesnar are probably the best, you know, to ever do it that came from the collegiate the collegiate realm or the Olympic realm. Well, unfortunately, Brock didn't make my list. Um, uh, Brock didn't make my list either, but you have to give a shout out. I think the honorable, honorable technical wrestler award should go to Brock Lesnar. He's he's my he'd be my number five or six. He'd be up there, but not not in the top four. Yep. But I, I would say for angle like. Just look at the match he had against Brock Lesnar when they did that technical match on Smack on SmackDown. Like that 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 was a that match was a thing of beauty. You should go on the network and find it. That was a good match. Did you watch? Did you, did you ever see that? Uh no, I have not. So they actually wrestled. Like they okay. have an actual wrestling match, like a Roman Greco wrestling match on oh, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah it, it is fucking dope. That's and that's really why, you know. Brock Lesnar, to me, you know, he deserves an honorable mention. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to give that a check. Uh, I'll have to check that out after we're done recording. Um, in my number two spot, I gave it to Ric Flair. He's All right, the, 30s player in the game. He's one of the best to ever do it. And he and he was true and true a, a technical wrestler. He wasn't a big – he wasn't a show showy guy. He was, he was a technical wrestler, and he was one of the best to ever do it, period, in this business. Oh, 100%. Ric Flair, hands down, one of the, you know, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. He's probably in most of our, uh, you know, top five wrestlers of all time. Most people's top five wrestlers of all time. Ric Flair probably. is in there. 
Like, you know, you can't even, you can't even, you know, it's Ric Flair. So what you got for your number two spot then? Uh, Number two on my technical wrestlers list. I'm going to go with uh, Brett to him and Hart. Okay. Yep. He was, he was considered. That's why I was kind of like on the, on the verge of my honorable mention. Um, But he actually didn't make my list either. Damn. Uh, to, there, there are there, there is one other person that's a little bit more uh, your generation um, than my generation on my list. Uh, I mean, I, I just put Brett on there because Brett was Brett was technical wrestling when there was no such thing as technical wrestling, or like there wasn't very many technical wrestlers around anymore. Right, and Brett just made everybody look better in the ring. Like he was so technical. Owen Hart too. Owen Hart could definitely get an honorable mention as one of the best technical wrestlers too. Some some may say he was a better technical wrestler than his brother, but I mean I'm one of those people. But I think for what Brett did for wrestling and some of the matches he's had, especially some of the submission matches he's had over the years, I, I would definitely say like he's a damn fine technical wrestler. I mean I probably know who your next one is. All right, I'll let you take a guess. Daniel Bryan? Nope. Oh, is Daniel Chris, Bryan on your list? He's not. He's on my list. Uh, Chris Benoit is actually. Okay, I mean, is is my number three spot. All right, so let's let's put this out there. Um, as far as what the man did, I don't agree with it. Was he a damn fine te- technical wrestler and wrestler in general? Yes, and he should deserve all the credit he gets for what he did in the ring. Oh, 110 percent. That being said, I really don't want to discuss the man any further. But if you want to lay claim to why you put him in your Mount Rushmore, I would definitely love to hear it. Uh, he just, he, he had the skill in ring. He was an amateur wrestler as well. Um, I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen a match with him in it that I haven't enjoyed because he was that person. And a lot of other people have said it that when you went, when you got in the ring with Crispin, while he was going 150%, it didn't matter if it was a house show. It didn't matter if it was live television, he was going over the top every single time. And he was, he, he was giving it to you. Um, your third spot. You gotta get. You got a good one for me. For my third spot. Yep, your third spot. Uh, it, it's it's it, it's it's Daniel Bryan. Okay, it's one hundred percent Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan. I had you know the pleasure of watching Daniel Bryan wrestle in Ring of Honor, where he was super technical, and you got to really see what the kid could do, like the American Dragon. Dan O'Brien is one of the best technical wrestlers I've ever seen. And even in WWE, he really showed off his technical side too. Um, just watching the guy now in AEW kind of have a renaissance to his career, but not really be booked the way he should be booked. And I, I feel like that's not always Tony's fault. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of people booking and there, there's a lot. Uh, yeah. They have, they have a very large roster. And it's for... a difficult situation over there. So I get I yeah. get why things are the way they are over there. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all the things they're doing right now. But like I said, it, it, it's hard. It's hard for them to do everything that they need to do on a daily yep. basis. So. All that right. Being, that being said, he's definitely, you know, one of my one of the best tactical wrestlers to ever do it. So. Uh, yeah, see, this is the problem. Like, technical was probably one of the hardest for me because there's a lot of really good technical wrestlers uh, throughout history. Um, and my and my fourth spot was uh, delving back through, you know, because I've I've watched a, quite a bit of older wrestling, and there okay. there's, all, there's always one person that stood out to me technically, uh, and it was Kurt Henning. 
Mr. Perfect himself. Perfect himself. Yep, Mr. Perfect himself. He was he was phenomenal. He, so he Oh my gosh, I wish he, I I wish he could have stayed. He would he would have stayed around. So if I, you want I, I, yeah. If you want a really good wrestling match, Zach, go back and watch the SummerSlam match between him and Bret Hart. Yep, nope. I've I've watched that match. It for was the Intercontinental was, title. Yep, it was that basically propelled Bret Hart into the main event scene. Like Perfect put the stamp on Bret. And it was funny because Perfect was always that guy that was like putting people over, yet he never got his shine, like ever. I feel, I mean, he's on a short list, and I think we'll do this topic in the future, so I don't want to burn this right now. But he's on the short list of guys who are never WWE champion that should have been WWE champion. Hundred and ten percent, I agree with that. Uh, your fourth, your fourth seed, your fourth and final technical wrestler. My fourth and final technical wrestler. This is going to be an interesting pick. Some may not agree. But I'm going to say Dean Malenko as my number four technical wrestler. The guy was part of the Radicals when he came over to WWE. But if you watch some of his early WCW work, the guy was phenomenal in the ring. One of the best technical wrestlers I've ever seen. I used to call him Stinko Malenko because he was so boring. But he could wrestle a more technical style than any man I've ever seen wrestle. Like, yep, I've seen some of his old matches. He's amazing. So yeah, I'm going to get my hats off to Malenko, you know? I can appreciate that pick, and I'm sure a lot of other people are going to appreciate that pick as well. All right, we're going to flop it back to you. Your first pick, your one, one of your top four giants on your Mount Rushmore. Oh, Jesus, God, I hate this category. <laughs> it's probably my well, least favorite category because I hate giants in wrestling. Just not, I'm not a fan <laughs> of them. And a particular wrestler I'm not a fan of. Um, I would say number one is Kane. He was, he, he was an honorable mention on my list. Actually, who the fuck am I kidding? Number one's Andre the Giant. <laughs> I say Andre's my number one as well. Yeah, Andre's Andre's fucking number one. Let's be I real. Say, this yeah. is this is this is actually probably the easiest category for me to. Yeah, to get, let, let me think. Uh, Andre's number one. Let, Andre, Andre is the biggest and greatest big man of all time. That's yep. why the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is being named after him because he's a giant among men. And if you ever watch some of his like old New Japan stuff, like the dude could go. And, like, it's a shame that by the time he actually got to WWE, he was, like, a shell of a former self. But if you go and watch some of his, like, earlier matches from, like, the 70s and, like, some of his stuff from the early 80s, mostly from the 70s, though, like, the man could go in the ring. He was very versatile, and he had a pretty he had a pretty good wrestling, you know, he's a pretty good wrestler. So, yeah, I would say Andre the Giant definitely is the number one spot. There's no argument there. There's absolutely none, like, not a single one. All right, so since this since this was kind of easy, you know, I'll just blow through. You had Andre and Kane. I uh, hey, 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 do you want me to talk about Kane? Like, look at Kane. He has one of the best intros. He has the best intro in wrestling history. He had some of the best story. One some of the best storylines too. He 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 had some really good feuds. Um, yeah, I mean, he got I, the title on a few occasions. I mean, yep. I think his first title reign should have been longer, but you know, that is what it is. Like him, him and the Undertaker's feud. Uh, overall, it was just pro- it's probably one of my favorites. But uh, like I said, he was still an honorable mention because there's a couple other people, and you'll you, you'll you'll probably disagree with my last one because it, it was between him and Kane for my for my four spot. Okay. Um, but I got Andre, I got the Big Show because obviously 
Paul White has to be on there on that list. And he and he I really mean, he started excelling more and more. I mean, I went on. I absolutely hate the Big Show. I think he's one of the most one of the biggest charisma vacuums in the beginning of his career. But as he went, he got better and better and better at his craft. And his longevity puts him on this list alone. And I am not a Big Show fan. And people know this. My two most hated wrestlers of all time are probably Big Show and Kane. And it's only because they just never went away. Like, they were just constantly there, like, taking spots from guys who should have had spots. So that's kind of why I don't like them. That's kind of my history with the two two of them is just, you know, I've just been very, like, man, these guys just need to retire and go away. (laughs) Like, I brought a sign to Raw that said, Big Show, please retire. (laughs) Like, straight up, because I could not stand the dude. Like, he just wouldn't go away. And, like, and, like, Remember when he had that stupid match against Drew McIntyre after WrestleMania for the title? That alone is why I don't like Big Show. Because <laughs> stupid shit like that always happens to him. He always gets favoritism. But like I said, longevity. Like and like he's one of the coolest wrestlers of all time. Like he smoked in the ring. My man was just lighting up cigarettes in the wrestling ring and just smoked because he was that cool. He was that cool. <laughs> He didn't give a fuck about anybody. No one was going to tell him to put a cigarette out. I mean, would you? Uh, no, I do beat your ass. <laughs> so, yeah. I definitely think that Paul White deserves a spot on the list. 100%. All right. So, we got your three. So, my three half, my, my third have to be Rikishi. I don't know. It's, I, right. cons- I consider him a giant. All right, he's, so he's I already know where I'm going. I already know I'm going my next pick. So you're going, you're going Rikishi. Oh yeah, he was he for a big boy. He could move around the ring. He was very entertaining. He was great on the mic. Uh, Rikishi was just yeah for for giants. So not necessarily like like the tallest dude in the room, but like big guys, like just big big super heavyweight guys. Yeah, he was definitely there. I'm gonna go with the biggest man, the okay. myth. The Great Kali? No, I'm going to go with my favorite big guy of all time. Rest in peace. I'm going with Yokozuna. The first person to win the Royal Rumble to earn yourself a WWF title shot in 1994 when he shocked the world and eliminated Macho Man Randy Savage to go on to WrestleMania 9, which is, most people say, is the worst WrestleMania of all time, if not 11. I would say 9-11 are up there. We'll, we'll definitely do that as a show, though, where we can rank the WrestleManias. Maybe we'll do that closer to WrestleMania season. Yeah, but, I, but, but I would say, you know, Yokozuna was just phenomenal in the ring. One of the And he's one of the Anawahi family, so he was related yeah. to Roman and all them. And uh, it's interesting because Rikishi, Rikishi, I mean, Yokozuna was just... He was living the gimmick, bro. Like... He wasn't even Japanese. Right. And I didn't know that until way after he died that he wasn't Japanese. Like, I thought he was Japanese. The dude played it off great. Looked Japanese. He acted Japanese. I thought the dude was Japanese. Yeah. Gotta have the gimmick, man. Everyone's Bro, gotta have the gimmick. Alright. Very controversial fourth and final spot. But he was very impactful, and and like you said, I, I I grew up. I think I started with WCW, which is really why this guy ended up on my list. Uh, Kevin Nash. Okay, all right, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. I mean, yeah. eh, 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 eh. Diesel man, 
that he, he 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 probably had to be one of the most intimidating people to 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 stand across across from you in the ring, especially just like because his like his like resting like pissed off face it just looked like he was going to beat your ass every single time. I mean, he always looked pissed off. Always, yeah. No, his his, like no, his normal face was. I mean, I feel like he always was though. When you tear your quad and jumping off a rope, I feel like you're always pissed off. Yeah, um, but yeah. So he he'd be in my four spot. But like I said, it's just no. I I think that's that's quality four spot. I think that's a great four spot. It was between him and Kane, and I was just like, man, Kevin Nash just kind of edges. Oh, bro, you can't edge Diesel over Kane. Come on, man. I did. I had to. Some of his characters were just. I I liked his. Kane played one character. Yeah, Kevin Nash had to play one. Actually, Kane played two characters. He was Isaac Yankum DDS before he was Kane. Did you not know that? No. Yeah, it was Isaac Yankum. The deranged dentist, he fought Bret Hart on an episode of Monday Night Raw for the WWE title. Nope, did not know that. Yep. yep. Well, now I know. The more you know, broaden your horizons. All right, so let's get into our championships. Uh, this one th- this one will probably be a little bit short and sweet. We don't necessarily have to super-duper explain. Um, but uh, my number one spot was... The WWF Heavyweight Championship, the the Eagle, the Winged Eagle, the Winged Eagle. That was pro- that 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 was instantly came to mind when we went when I brought up the Mount Rushmore. And I was like, man, that was that was a beautiful Heavyweight Championship and had some of the most, oh, some of the best matches. Stone Cold was the last person to have the Winged Eagle. Yep, and it was retired. Yeah, like all, like all good things, it must come to an end. All right, so we can keep this sweet and short. We don't even have to do four and four because we're probably going to agree on most of these. I'm going to say we're going to agree. Is your number two the Intercontinental Championship? No. Oh, well, okay, so that my number one is, is the Wing Eagle. So yep. we agree there. My number two, however, is the Intercontinental Championship. Which one? Well, which one? So The I'm, original I'm, Intercontinental, the I'm, white one. The white okay. belt. The, okay. The, the, the one with the, like, the world, like the continents on it and shit. Okay, so the white intercontinental title from 2000, the 2011, no, 2018 no, era. No, I know which one you're saying, but the, the one from 2011. Yeah, the one from 2011 to 2018 was mine, which is they brought it back. That was It was almost the exact same title. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. The one yep. uh, Cody Rhodes brought back? Was that Cody yep. Rhodes? Yep. No, I, I, I mean, the intercontinental championship is the working man's title. It means everything to the WWE. Remember, it was headline and pay-per-views. I love that Triple H is trying to bring that back, where that title is going to headline some pay-per-views. I see Roman wrestle every pay-per-view. God knows I don't want to see Roman wrestle every pay-per-view. But, yep, that one is is on my list. Uh, And so, all right, so let's see if we can get get three. Big Platinum, AEW World Championship. I love it. It's It's called the the Big Platinum? That's really what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Mox calls it. He he says he says I want big platinum back. Big platinum. That's what he calls it. He calls it big platinum. That's funny. <laughs> because that's what you, that that's what the material it's allegedly is platinum gold. Interesting, interesting. I didn't know that. That's and the more you know. The more yeah, you, that's the second you know. The more you know on this uh, show. <laughs> Maybe the third. I know. I I taught you about Ozzy Gankum. So. Yep, All right. So. Um, the big platinum. Awesome. Awesome. Yep, AEW uh, heavyweight title. It's just it's 
it we've had some really great matches for it especially at the beginning of AEW era era we had some fantastic matches for it that man you're really you're really using the AEW title as one of your route rushmore titles all right some some the some of the matches we've had for it already are are there they would they they would rank in like my top probably like my top 100 matches bro that match with hangman and uh moxley the other week that was a good match oh yeah hangman can go like hangman doesn't get enough credit let's 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 take a little side tangent a side quest as as freddie prince jr would say uh hangman is extremely underrated do we agree on that Oh, 110 percent. He's he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. Mine too, dude. That dude can go. He's working the mic right now. He's doing he needs, everything he needs to do. I think he needs to work on his mouth a little bit though, because he he's still he's still playing the 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 young the young man card and kind of going off and taking his his uh his liberties. Yeah his his <laughs> his freedom his freedom of uh segment liberties. His, his gift of gab that he has. Yeah, he, I mean he. He, the guy, it in. the guy can talk though. Let's let's be yeah, real. Like, and, and and that's not something he could do when he was in that title tournament when AEW first was established. He could not talk at all. He used a charisma vacuum. Well, they put him with Kenny Omega. So. I think that that helped him out a lot. It oh, forced, him, it forced him. I think Kenny worked on him with his promo skills, but I also think Jericho worked with him. I honestly think that the biggest thing that happened to him was he got put with the Dark Order, and people could actually see his personality. Yep, because he didn't he didn't do a lot of talking until after uh, he he and Kenny split. I mean, the guy has to be able to talk. He was a school teacher. Yeah, like you can't become a teacher unless you know how to talk to people. And it's not possible. Um, yeah, I, I I I Hangman is just extremely underrated, and I can't wait to see him get the title back, or at least you know I actually want to see him go for the uh, the TBS title. I think I think it'd be I think he'd be good for the TBS title. Oh, you're gonna make him go against uh. No, I didn't say he's going against Wardlow. Get out of here. Nope, 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 nope. You said TBS title. Correct yourself, sir. Oh, TNT title. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wrong <laughs> network. You're gonna you, you, ask title names. You, you're gonna you're gonna make him fight a a female wrestler for the I TBS mean, title. I mean, <laughs> oh man, oh, man. But yep. So those are my three. You got a third. What's your third one? Let's hear it. Give me a third title. Oh, Hardcore Championship WWE. Which one? The WWF Hardcore Championship, the original, okay. the Mick Foley Smash Belt one. Yeah, okay, yep. That that title is amazing. What they did with that title, they'll never do that again. Nope. Sadly, I think they should bring the Hardcore title back. I think I think it I think it'd be a good thing to bring back now. I think the twenty four seven title could have been that title if they actually made good rules for it and it wasn't just a chase people around and pin somebody in five seconds thing. It's it's not going to happen. They're not going to bring it back. And Triple H is not going to bring. They don't. They, they don't blade. They, they don't razor blade anymore. And Triple H isn't going to do fake blood capsules for everything and do any. He's not going to do that stuff no more. It, it's that era has has long since passed, my friend. It's a shame. All right, it's a shame. Now you're, it's a shame. We can't have AEW matches where Moxley bleeds every five seconds. Uh, we're, well, I mean, we'll get those in AEW. Mox must bleed. We're not going to get him in uh, in WWE. <laughs> no, Mox must bleed probably ever again. No, I, I don't think so either. And that, it's it, like I said, it's a shame. I, I really think that you don't need blood to enhance every match, but I think when it's when done right, it works. Right, it's an enhancement unit. So, all right, fourth and final for me, the Immortal TNA title. There ain't nothing immortal about that piece of shit. Hey, you watch your mouth. 
Let's see. That was that was one of my favorite Jeff Hardy storylines ever, and and one of my favorite looks on a custom title belt. I mean, you're from the South, so I'll give you a pass. It, it, it honestly, I feel like for a, for a custom for a custom heavyweight championship, okay. it looked it looked better than a lot of uh, than a lot of other ones we've ever seen. It was very well designed, and like I said, that's the the, the like dumbass Willow title, the the one with the blue uh, the blue material. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, it was like it was like the 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 purple blue, and then oh, it was the, ugly. I I like the look of it. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I, you know, come to this podcast and watch us agree all the time, please. That's, that's fair. I mean, I but I'm, I'm also like I like that abstract stuff. And Jeff Hart, like I said, Jeff Hardy's still like he's he's one of my he is one of my like top, if I had to he he'd be in my top ten wrestlers for me. But we know we know you're not a fan. We understand. Um, but yeah. So do, do you have a fourth, maybe a custom title that you liked better? Uh, no, uh, my number four is the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, the original Wait. ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, okay, I was about to say if you if you tell me that big old ugly silver thing, I swear to God. No, 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 the OG baby, the OG, the OG held by the franchise Shane Douglas and Rhino and all those guys. Like, yep, that's that title was just gorgeous and beautiful. And man, I really wish Rob Van Dam got to, well. He did get to hold it up eventually. Yeah, I'll say that big old bulky silver thing was god awful, ugly looking. It just it should it it didn't belong. They they, they should have kept the original, hundred and ten percent. No, I get you. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're moving to a different category. It's just stuff that people don't people don't get to see or, or, or hear people talk about a lot. Uh, match types. Um, so what is your first? Mount Rushmore of match types. Uh, that's I mean, ladder match. Okay. I, I love the ladder match. I love watching ladder matches. I love listening to ladder matches. I wish I could be in a ladder match. Ladder matches are cool. I mean, you want to be in a ladder match? I can put you in a ladder match. I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, I it even goes to like the video games, right? <laughs> the coolest match to play in the video games is always a ladder match. Like, why wouldn't you want to be in a ladder match? I have a type of ladder match in my in in my four. The money in the bank. Oh, 110 percent. So that is like all right. If, so like I I encompass all that in a ladder match. You said match type. Uh, if we're gonna go gimmick match type, yeah, I would say money in the bank could be up there. But I I would say just match type in general. Like ladder matches are amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's a money in the bank is probably one of the most revolutionary ones. So I'll go ahead and get that. That was actually my number four. But I'll go ahead and get that. All right. Too, so. All right, what's your second one? Uh, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell? Okay. See, see, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength to an extent, but mine is like a variation. Hell in a Cell. Armageddon in a Cell is one of the greatest matches of all time. Like Armageddon, that six-man Hell in the Cell at Armageddon is one of my favorite matches of all time. It might even be my favorite match of all time. That match was just phenomenal. You had Rikishi, Stone Cold, The Rock, Kurt Angle. It's probably the most star-studded main event they've ever had in WWE history. And if you haven't watched that match, you should definitely go find it on the network. Because I've I've been binging a lot of wrestling. It is phenomenal. 
I don't know. I've been binging a lot of feuds lately. I've been really enjoying going through that because, you know, when you when you're watching a feud and you're like, okay, you're kind of centered around those two people. But on the network, they they do. You'll watch the whole episode. So you're also seeing other feuds and other storylines play out. So it's kind of nice uh, to, to be reminded of some of the old stuff that happened. But um, all right. My number two is kind of a variation of hell uh, of hell of uh, hell in a cell it's a uh, elimination chamber okay we have had some oh my god like i like i said i just watched the the elimination chamber recently from new year's revolution where it was uh batista triple h chris jericho uh chris benoit that's a good one that's a good one randy, randy orton and that oh my god i was like these guys literally like and they went it was like a 47 minute match it was it was ridiculous it, no that was, that was good shit um I would say Elimination Chamber, it, it it it's a great friggin' match, and I would say it definitely makes my list as well. Elimination Chamber, yeah, it's it's in my Mount Rushmore too. I mean, just what it did for like that pay per view in between like WrestleMania and uh, Royal Rumble, it gave you a pay per view to watch that had stakes. Like, all right, so if you don't win the Royal Rumble, okay, then the only way to get to WrestleMania now is to either become the champ at Elimination Chamber or win the Elimination Chamber and get the shot at the other champion. Yep. So it gave, it gave you know, that March month a pay-per-view. Like, I, I really like the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view concept. I think, I think it's one of the only ones they're keeping, if I'm not wrong. Yep, yep. Thank you, Papa Bischoff. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, Eric Bischoff, man, the, the father of the Elimination Chamber that man had some great ideas and he's probably one of the best wrestling minds we've had, but uh, he was on something to wrestle with this week uh, with Bruce Pritchard. Ooh, that'll be a nice one to listen to. Dude, they did Montreal screw, screw job from two perspectives from the WWE perspective and from the um, WCW perspective. So both sides of the coin, like basically they went through like Brett, Brett, like both sides of the contract. So it's interesting to hear it from both sides of the contract. Like the first time, like ever in like one show, I think okay. that was kind of like interesting. So, all right. Uh, number three for me, since number three for you is Elimination Chamber, uh, last man standing match. Uh, they, they, it has, it has brought an end to a lot of really good feuds. Oh, it's one of and the best it, feud enders around. I mean, and what, JBL, you know, and uh, what was it, JBL and uh, Cena? Their last man standing match was great. Yep. I mean, oh well, shoot. I mean, for even recently, like the last woman standing match was really good. Oh uh, yeah, it was. I was, I, I, I was shocked at how good that match was. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, Randy Orton and Edge when Edge came back re- uh, this the, over the past couple of years, like that, I enjoyed watching that one too. That match it, like, been better. Like, like I, it could have been, but like I said, it it still wasn't bad. That's still what it gave no. that match a B. Like that, that's the thing though. Is I don't think I've ever seen like a really bad last last man standing match. So I that's think like, you can have a bad last man standing match though. I mean, you'd be surprised. <laughs> they they can do a lot of things terribly, but um, yeah. Can, so last can you, na- can you name a really bad one? I'm trying to think of one that's like really bad. Oh no, I I never said I I said that I never said that I have seen a bad one, but they could. I'm sure they could do a bad one. Um, all right, you're number four, and then we'll get into mine, and we will move on to our last and final Mount Rushmore Iron Man match. Uh, see, I don't know. Eh. I, it, I, I love it. I love the prestige of it. I love how it's only brought out for special occasions. And it yeah. is the ultimate feud ender. 
How many falls can this guy get over this guy? But when done right, and there's not a lot of falls, it's a beautiful match. Okay. Uh, So, like, like Bailey, Sasha Banks. Um, uh, Triple H, The Rock. Yeah, there there have been some good ones. It's just not like uh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't play off of the, off of the the gimmick for me. It's not my favorite. Okay, no, I I agree. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I I just think it, it holds a special place in the pantheon of wrestling. I believe that, and it show, the, and it shows who it, well it shows who can go and who can't go. Yeah, it's a litmus test, really. Like it. It's it's a real testament to Russell for sixty straight minutes. Yeah, like a lot of yeah. people say that you know that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart match was a was a bore, like it wasn't that good. And I and I tell people go back and rewatch it and tell me what what was so boring about it. Why? Because there weren't a million pinfalls. It was it was it told a story. And were there a lot of rest holds and stuff in it? Yeah, but that's because you know it was the first one. I didn't really iron out the kinks yet. But I think if you watch the Rock and Stone Cold, or not the Rock and Stone Cold, the Rock and Triple H's Iron Man match, it's probably the best one of all time. And it ends on a fuck finish. So it ends with the time running out on the Rock, and it's just a great way. I think Brett got screwed in the original Iron Man match. I'll, I'll stand by that till the end of time because I hate Shawn Michaels. That Brett got screwed. The time ran up. If the time runs up, the champion should be the champion. That's always the way it's been since then. There's never been overtime. They've never done overtime ever again, except for that WrestleMania, which pisses me off. That's fair. All right, my last and final one, and I'm surprised. As big of a fan of uh, of that of, of this era of TNA, ult- the Ultimate X match. Ooh, the X Division. Oh my god. No, just Ultimate X Masters in general were just Well yeah, Ultimate X I mean Ultimate X was cool. Six sided six in the it was it was the six the six sided ring. You know, you had you had that you had the X with the ropes. It was different, it was innovative, it hasn't ever been done ever again like that. There's no there's never been a variation of it like that, but it 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 really took like those matches to the top, you know, just the balancing in the, uh, on the top of the ropes and in the middle of the ring. And just the, some of the crazy stuff that came out of those matches was uh, chef's kiss. Do they still do those matches? I don't think so. I haven't heard or seen one in a long time, but I also don't really follow impact anymore. Um, I mean, they do have some like Sammy Callahan and some guys that do like Ken Shamrock and some guys that I do in that I, ha- that I do enjoy watching wrestle. Mm-hmm. But it's just it, their storylines are just kind of so so at this point. I mean, they're just sticking around. Because, I feel like they've went from what AEW is now down to a, another indie company that still has a television deal. That that's that's where they're at. But yeah, no, some of those matches are just I I've. Like I said, I've went on YouTube. You can actually watch a lot of old Impact stuff on YouTube at this point. They've released a plethora of it. Um, those are some of my favorite matches to go back and go back and watch. Just a lot of those guys are really talented, and I miss watching them actively wrestle on a regular basis. Um, all right, here's the big one, the one for all the marbles. Our overall 
our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? I mean, are we both have the same number one? So let's find out. Uh, no, we don't have the same number one. I can guarantee it. Really? My uh, overall best wrestler of all time, Sting. Sting? Really? Sting? Yes, sir. Uh, 110%. He would, he, he's my George Washington in wrestling. He's George like, Washington. He's who he's who I fell he, he's who made me fall in love with wrestling. He has had some of the the best he has some of the best on the mic skills. He can talk when they give him the chance to, but his presence when he enter when he enters any arena period is one is is more electrifying than oh, oh my gosh so many like it, it's some it's more electrifying than the Undertaker number one's Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair is my number two. Ric Flair is number one. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. I don't think there's an argument there. I, I just don't like what the man has done for professional wrestling, the longevity of his career, the matches he's had, you know? Yeah. I, I like I said, I agree. Ric Flair and, is just, it, just, he's just epitomizes pro wrestling. Sting and Ric Flair matches are like, they've had, they've had a couple that were just, Oh my God. And that, but look how far into Ric Flair's career. Those sting matches were like, that just tells you how good Ric Flair was. And then Ric Flair's run with the championship when he was in evolution, man, come on. Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. And then just, you know, just his promos, his space mountain promo, all the things he's done for pro wrestling. Ric Flair's hard to beat, man. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, I just I don't know. It's it's hard to to beat beat the icon. It's hard to beat the man because to beat the man you got to beat the man. Yeah. I don't think Sting's the man. Sting's beat the man. It's okay. <laughs> Sting has beat the man. It's possible. So he Sting is the man. Beat the man. Sting did beat the man. And I, and I think if anything, Sting beat the man when it was still like relevant to beat the man. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'll, I'll give Sting credit where credits due. Ah, Sting's not a bad bad choice. I I I agree with Sting. And that's why, uh, that's why, honestly, I couldn't put him in any of the other categories because he can't be really pinned down to any of the other categories. He's not a giant. He's not. He's not just a technical wrestler. You know, he does run around the ring. He's he when he was younger, he he flew around the ring. He did a lot of technical wrestling. He like he's done it all. He's a jack of all trades, and 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 he's pretty much a master of all of them at this point. How do you feel now about Sting? Um, I'm glad that he got the run he did in WWE. Uh, I never thought it would happen. Just because of the poor taste in his mouth, his mouth with him and Vince, I'm glad they did make amends and he got the run he did. I liked seeing Sting versus uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Sting, Sting, and and Seth Rollins had a very good feud. Um, and then I'm glad that he got cleared medically to participate in a couple of matches. I'm glad they use him rarely and seldomly, but I'm also glad he's more in a mentorship position mm-hmm. and he is an intimidation factor at this point because. For being as old as he is, I think he's he's got I think he's in his late sixties at this point. He's still like in fantastic shape and he can still go. I mean, it was it was cool to see him come back and face Triple H and all that stuff to happen. And then that buckle bomb that took him out kind of sucked. Because I feel like he yeah. could have had a really nice career in WWE, but you know, a really like resurgence and comeback. But it it's a shame that he was one of those WCW holdouts because he got paid like full contract like that full contract payout where like he kind of just sat at home for years and just never came to WWE with everybody else and it, it was a real shame that we never got to see Sting in his prime against like people like the Undertaker 
and you know people like Kurt Angle and stuff like that in WWE. I mean, he did. We get to get to see him wrestle Kurt Angle in TNA. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, like that. Those matches are great too. Yeah. So, so I can see why you put Sting in your in your Mount Rushmore. I mean, let's just put it this way: Sting. So Ric Flair was in TNA as well. Cool. But Sting is in Sting is in the WWE Hall yeah, of Fame. Ric Flair's been everywhere. Yep, but Rick Sting is in the in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's in the TNA Hall of Fame. As soon as AEW has a Hall of Fame, he's going in it. Is Flair in the TNA Hall of Fame? No, they don't. I, I I'd have to double check, but I don't think he is. I I I think they did a small Hall of Fame. My man's in the WWE Hall of Fame twice and should be in three times. Let's be real. But yeah, like, let's see. Um... Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Earl Hebner, Gail Kim, Abyss, Ken Shamrock, Awesome Kong, Raven, and Team 3D are the only people in the Impact Hall of Fame. They call them Team 3... Oh, yeah, because they were Team 3D there. Yeah. They should have um, aces and eights in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, well, so they, they did the Hall of Fame one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Actually, so... Okay, so they're still doing it. They only induct one person a year. That's, I mean, I like that. They're not I, trying to make like a big spectacle out of it. They're not trying to have like an event around it. I would like WWE to do three people a year. And I, or if they did do people, I think they should categorize it. Like, I think they should do one female a year, one male superstar, and one tag team. And then one non wrestler. So one like backseat, backstage person or manager or like celebrity. Like, it should be a celebrity or a man or a manager or. Like, or like, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be like five, six people, I think. Because if you had only four people go in every year, like the the ceremony would go faster and it would definitely be, you know, I mean, that's definitely something we could put on the topic docket for the future is like Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that could, that's definitely an episode we could do yearly around, uh, around our WrestleMania time and Hall of Fame time. But yep. So, uh, so Stinger Ric Flair. Um, so I, like I said, Ric Flair's my two, who would you put in a, a second, second spot? I mean, it, it's tough because now you start getting into like huge debates over who really belongs up there. And this is your own personal, like, I don't like, and here's my honorable men. You want, you want to do our honorable mentions first? Here's my number five. Who would be my number five, right? Mr. Terry Bollea himself, Hulk Hogan would be my number five. Okay. Yep. That, yeah. He was. He was. He was a consideration for me as well. Because Hulk Hogan, as great as he was, I don't think he was that great where he when we saw him wrestle. Like we didn't get to see him do the great things he did in Japan, as far as like wrestling goes. He did. He have a great gimmick. Did he live the gimmick? Was he you know getting us to you know eat our vitamins and our vegetables and do all that shit? Yeah, he was. But I don't think that. I mean, he was the bootios of his time. Yeah, because his leg drop is fucking corny. It's the worst wrestling finisher all of all time. There's like two that are up there, and we can make this a category one day too. But the coup de gras and the leg drop are the two corniest finishers next to like Benoit's diving headbutt. Like, yeah, it's just terrible. Like, there's no reason to dive off top rope and headbutt somebody. It's just the dumbest finisher. Dumbest. Okay. It's fucking stupid. But yeah. Hogan gets an honorable mention for me. If I had to pick the next person, I'd pick Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Okay. And it was hard to put him on there because I know people say he's not that great of a wrestler, but for what he's done for professional wrestling, 
And what he's enter- he's 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 entertaining. He was good in the ring though, but was he as great as everyone around him or did everyone else make him look good is is always a topic for debate. I think he really was that good. I think he was very good wrestler. I just think he never got to full gear as a wrestler because he didn't wrestle long enough. Like I think the Rock's best wrestling days never happened because he never allowed them to happen. That's uh, and yeah, like yes, he yes, was yes, only in Hollywood I, by that. I point. think I, I he could have got he he could have gotten better. Look how look at the shape he put himself in. Like like if he was in that shape in WWE today, imagine the matches this dude would put on. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it it it, it all boils down to he chose a different path you know but when you're jack when you're that jacked up and you're doing hollywood and then you try to come back and wrestle and you haven't done it for a whole year you get injured that's what happens yeah yeah your body can't your body can't take the bumps they can't take the you know sudden stops and jerks that you know professional wrestlers go through and he just couldn't handle it and he injured himself in his last match and i i'm i'm interested to see if he does come back and face roman this year i think it would be very interesting to see that happen I do. Okay. I don't know how you Man. feel about that, but I kind of want to see it happen. I think there there's nothing else for the tribal chief to do besides be the head of the table for the entire family now. If the only person to stop him, or if he could beat The Rock, he has the ultimate title reign of all time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where they take it, but... Yeah, I I've heard the theories that the the rocket I could consider a possibility since he is right now technically he should be in between in between filming and he just finishes his press tour for Black Adam so yeah I could see that but um, right, who's your number two? Well, we already talked about my number one and two. So oh, who's number three? I'm sorry, my number three is Triple H. Okay, I I I can see where you're going with that. I think the man doesn't get enough credit. For his nope. in ring, like he, he gets he gets dogged out. He gets he gets the golden shovel era, and that's all anybody ever sees. But the dude was gonna be what he was gonna be anyway. It just took him longer to get there because of you know the curtain call and all that bullshit. If none of that ever happened, wrestling would have been completely different. Yep, the, uh... rock, the rock never would have got his shine. <laughs> like think of that. Well, so for me, he had some of the most. He had some of the most notable title runs in in the company's history. I agree. Um, he was a part of some of the most notorious factions in the company's history. I agree. And he is now like, how do you, you know, you're, you're good enough to now run the company. Like he has some of the best creative ideas. I'm and I'm and I'm sure those shined from the beginning of his career until the end of his career. I agree. And the man's still not in the Hall of Fame technically, except for D, except for DX. Yeah. So, well, like I said, his time will come and, and when he's not running the company anymore. I think it's just because he's running the company and everyone doesn't want to make it seem like. Hey, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Vince goes in the Hall of Fame this year. I put myself in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. But um, <laughs> I, think, I think he goes in this year. But, that's just um, but yeah, Triple H definitely for my three spot. Um, All right. I mean, Triple H is a good three spot. I like it. I mean, I, I, I think that he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, I think if you had to put make it just a strictly WWE, you know, Mount Mush, Mount Rushmore, Triple H has to be on it. Yeah. Has to be. 
and I'm not saying WWF, WWE. I'm saying just like strictly WWE era. Like he's on it. He might be number one because he held the company up in so many places where the company could have fell apart because they didn't have Stone Cold. You didn't have this guy because they were out injured. Like Triple H was the glue that always held everything together. He has two of the three best matches the Undertaker's ever had at WrestleMania. Two of them. Like, that's got to put you on the Mount Rushmore alone. Uh, my number three is The Undertaker. Okay. I mean, I don't think I really need to explain why. He's The Undertaker. Yeah. He is one of the best wrestlers to ever do it. He has the best gimmick of all time. That's not even questionable. Like, he has the best gimmick of all time. And he lived a gimmick. And he made you believe. And as a kid, he was my favorite wrestler from that era. Like, old school Undertaker, like, like scared the shit out of you. Like, coming out of the coffin in his promos. Like, beating Kama at Summer... Or, not Kama. Being uh, Giant Gonzalez and beating... Yeah, Kama. Or Kamala. Kamala. Beating Kamala at SummerSlam. Like, that was my boy. Besides Owen Hart, he was my favorite wrestler. I loved Undertaker. Dude, I went absolutely fucking nuts when he won the title at WrestleMania 13. Like, absolutely nuts. And so were a lot of people because the man finally got a title. And everybody knows that he beat Hulk Hogan for the title at, you know, at, uh, what was it, Tuesday in Texas or Survivor Series? No, Survivor Series. Then he lost it at Tuesday in Texas like three days later. But um, it's just interesting. He has a very interesting career. He debuts. He beats Hulk Hogan for the championship, right? Then he loses it, and then he doesn't win a title until, like, 1994. 95, 95, 96. Wait, no, hold on. 99? I don't know. I, I'm not good at math. But he <laughs> won at WrestleMania 13. So that was a long fucking time. A take long your, time. Take your age. 97, I think. 97, I think it was, because I'm trying to do math. So if it was eight, if WrestleMania 10 was in 94, yeah, it, yeah, it was 97. He won in 97. Okay, I did quick math, people. Quick math. <laughs> so, so he won at WrestleMania 13. I went absolutely nuts. He beat, um, he beat Psycho Sid for the title, which I thought was interesting. And then to follow that up the year later, where he has that feud with Bret Hart. I'm sorry, no, he had the feud with Bret Hart that year. That was a great fucking year for The Undertaker. Great fucking year. And, like, it would have been even better if that whole, like, storyline with him and Yokozuna, like, really played its course. Like, if he didn't hurt his back and he would have been at WrestleMania 10 because he would have been the main event at WrestleMania 10 that year. Like, if he doesn't get injured at WrestleMania, like, right before WrestleMania, and right before that WrestleMania season for WrestleMania 10, I think he battled, I think he's fighting, uh, I think he's fighting Bret Hart for the title at WrestleMania 10, or, or Okazuna for the title at WrestleMania 10. It's not Bret Hart, and it's not Lex Luger. It would have been The Undertaker. Like, full stop. And he would have won at WrestleMania 10. Like, that's what I believe would have happened at WrestleMania 10. So we'll save the, we'll save the what-ifs for another episode. But, that'd, be, that'd, be a, that'd be a fun topic. Yeah, what if, I mean, what he, he's the greatest to ever do it. Like, and I, I love The Undertaker. I don't like American Badass Taker. I don't like biker dead man taker i like old school like like the undertaker with the undertaker gimmick and the undertaker get up i don't think it gets any better than that like the dude is just methodical in the ring and then he totally changes his character and he can go like the guy can go 
The guy's a good high flyer. He can do stuff off the top rope. I don't even know why we didn't put him in the high flyer category. He has a fucking, he has like a fucking crazy ass lariat. He has that crazy ass, uh, uh, what was it? Um, uh, snake eyes, not snake eyes. The fuck is the one where he walks across the ropes? The hell is that called? I, I know what you're talking about. They're I don't even cool. know what it's called anymore. And that's that's crazy. I don't know what it's called, but like when he walked across the top rope, that was like amazing. No guy could do that, especially that big. You're gonna hate. You're gonna hate my fourth pick. You're gonna think I am sacrilegious, and I need to calm down and get out of here. Okay, is it, is, is it John Cena? No, actually, actually, no. John, so John Cena, Cena didn't make either of our lists. So nope. Uh, so I, like I said, I appreciate John Cena for being the face of the company during the PG era. That yabba dabba do bitch. He's not on my list. Uh, no. Randy Orton is my four. Okay. Randy Orton has. Wait, did I have a four yet? No, I only had three. Nope, right? Nope. 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 I started to. So so. All right, Randy four, Orton's my number my four too. Fuck it. Uh, because <laughs> we uh, both love him he's both he, our favorite wrestlers so he is he's so naturally gifted in the ring and he has had some of the best feuds in in all of wrestling period hmm. i don't think i've ever hated any feud he's ever had like even when he was just with riddle i enjoyed all of the feuds that they had. <laughs> he made it worth it Hid the way he plays his character is great. He for he plays a really good babyface heel. He's the youngest world heavyweight champion in history. Like yep. there, there's not a lot of people that can touch the man, especially in the ring too, because he can go for days in that ring. But he doesn't want to. I think the greatest thing about Randy Orton is he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so like he gets so much shit because he doesn't care. Yeah, but he like, like he started in. Dude, he was phenomenal when he started. Yeah. I I just gravitated towards him. When I first saw him wrestle, I was like, this is my this is my new guy. This is my guy. He was my guy forever. He was my even when I remember when people used to call him boring, and I used to be like, Have you watched a man wrestle? How is he boring? Just because his gimmick's boring? Yeah. Just because he phones it in? Yeah, but when he wants to go, he goes. Like some of his okay. matches against John Cena, legendary. Legendary. I mean, his, his legend killer gimmick was was amazing. Dude, Just, his match against the Undertaker <laughs> when he reverses the uh, the um, the choke slam into the RKO, I thought he should have won on that. Like if anybody was going to end the streak, I was like, oh my god, it's, is are they going to let Randy Orton end the streak? His match against Mick Foley with The Rock at WrestleMania 20, great stuff, great stuff. And that was a throwaway match. That that was a match they just added to get the, those guys on the card. Yeah, that, like great match. Put the tag team titles on the line. Evolution versus the Rock and and Mick Foley. Rocket Sock Connection versus the you know Evolution. I thought that was a great match too. Um, but the guy can go one hundred percent. Even even this, I think you know he gets dogged for a lot of WrestleMania matches that he's had. But he has one of the best WrestleMania finishes of all time. Do you remember the WrestleMania? What was it? Twenty four or twenty four? I think it was when he punted a uh, Triple H or yeah, he punted Triple H after Triple H gave the pedigree to. Uh, was it Shawn Michaels? It's a triple threat match, right? Yeah. And Triple H pedigreed him, and then he punted Triple H and then pinned Shawn Michaels, and I was like, this is the greatest finish ever. The dude went in there. There was no way in hell he was supposed to walk out of there champion, and he walked out champion. And it's one of the only times that a, that a heel walks out of WrestleMania as champion. It's a very low statistic. Oh, very yeah. low. Just, I like, I don't think I, there are, there's no other heel in, in in the world other than Triple H that I could say that it does better. 
the, yeah. I mean, the, he is his whole career. He's been a heel. There's, there's no point in his career where he wasn't a heel. And even when he like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's been he babyface, but I think he's, he knows he's not good as babyface. He knows it. Like he fucking knows it. Like he well, doesn't. Like, like even when he, like even when he left Evolution, and and just recently when he when he was, I mean, his first title run as babyface was legendary. Yeah, like the like, whole like you're on you're the whole when he was in Evolution and he won the title, and then Batista had him up on his shoulders, and then Triple H did the like thumbs up, thumbs down, and they dropped him. Like that that shit was great. Great storytelling. I think oh, they yeah. should have let him hold on to the belt a little bit longer than they did. I think he should have won a few matches against Triple H, but again, it's Triple H, so it's 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 hard to keep the belt off the guy. Plus, you know, Babyface Orton was was hot back then. That was a, you wanted you wanted the chase, right? It, the the chase is always sweeter than the type than than having the title. Like any any wrestler will tell you that. Like MJF, it's interesting what they're doing with MJF right now. I I think the whole like MJF wants to earn it. It's it's an interesting story, but I don't like that they're making the best heel in professional wrestling go babyface because he's just so hot. I don't think because you're white hot you need to be a babyface or you need to be a heel. Like, like, like you can ruin people doing that. Look at Stone Cold, right? Like they forced Stone Cold to be a heel because they didn't want babyface versus babyface for Rock versus Stone Cold uh two. So they made Austin go heel. Because the rock was the baby face. Very interesting concept going to WrestleMania 17 that the rock was technically the heel going in. Austin was the baby face and they double turned in the match. That's an interesting match because they do it a year later again and they have Hogan rock rock comes out. And then that, that leads to Hollywood rock. Crazy, right? Yep, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stories and a lot and a, and a long journey for us to go on. And I uh, hope you guys all stick around for it. But I just want to give a big shout out to my co-host Joe here. We had a I, I love this conversation. This was great. I can you talk know, wrestling all day, man. Helped us helped us reminisce on a lot of wrestlers and a lot of stuff that we hadn't probably hadn't thought about in a, in a long time. Uh, so I just want to give a big shout out. Thank you for joining me as always. And thank always, you man. I I honestly back. think that we should do. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to do a Patreon exclusive where we like we will watch along? I would like to watch the first episode of Nitro together. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, we could we we could discuss something about that. So you got you you guys you guys are in on it. If that's something you guys want, please just let us know. If that's something you guys would be into, go ahead. Like say, hey, we want this. Let's do it. Um, If you guys want to do exclusive nights like that where we do it after recording or before recording, let us know. Like that's something I'd be down to do. so a big I, shout out to all of our Patreon producers for the main show, the Loot Bros Podcast. Uh, you guys are what makes all of this craziness happen and gives us the chance to do all these extra shows. And uh, you know, it's we we can't thank you guys enough. Please make sure you check us out. Uh, the link to the Discord and the YouTube and the Patreon will be in the description. Uh, we are all going to go on a new release schedule. Uh, we had further discussed it after the first episode and some conflicts with the main show. Uh, we will now be releasing show on Wednesdays, so that w- Wednesday morning, so that way the only thing that you guys will have seen that week is Monday Night Raw. Uh, and then for Patreon subscribers, you're going to get the episodes a day early on Tuesdays. So you can get in, in on the Patreon for as little as a dollar. Uh, make sure you go and sub over there. You'll get all the extra content and stuff for the main show. Plus, you'll get this up, uh, the show a day early. Yeah, it all sounds great. Um, 
again, I, I love doing this show. I love wrestling. I always will. And I, I just want everybody out there to just like, you know, enjoy wrestling. Like it's it, we're in a great period right now in wrestling. Probably the greatest of ever it's ever been. Where there's more wrestling to consume than you'll ever be able to consume in a weekly basis. 110%. Uh, next week's show, I can definitely tell you what it's going to be. I'll spoil it now. It's going to be an all out. Or not all out. It's going to be a full gear review, most likely. Um, I'm, I guess I'm most likely going to lead the charge on that. Because I will be at full gear. So I will definitely do a full rundown of full gear. Um, I'm fucking excited. It's probably going to be one of the best pay-per-views of the year. It might be the best of the year. The card is absolutely stacked. Stacked. Way too many matches, like always. It wouldn't be an AEW show or an AEW pay-per-view if it wasn't like 15 matches long. But I'm, I'm really excited for this show, and I, I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next week. Um if I don't have really anything else to say, uh, Zach, you want to close out the show? Yeah. All right, guys, this has been the loop bros WrestleCast. Uh, we love you guys and we will see you next week. Uh, next week. See, I can't even speak tonight. I'll see you next uh, WWE week. Remember there's not shitty wrestling, just shitty wrestling fans. <laughs>